Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for this day, for this scripture, Lord, for this beatitude message. Be with us this morning, Lord. Have us to hear what you would have us to hear. Lord, put me behind your cross. Let your words and your thoughts be mine. And if I misspeak today, forgive me and let your message be heard. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Just a side note about that song, Eagle's Wings. So my, my best buddy, John Gondel, my mentor pastor from way back, uh, when his wife Marilyn passed a couple of years ago, he wanted me to sing on Eagle's Wings at the funeral. And he said, I want you to do all of it, all the verses and everything. And I'm like, I didn't realize that song had verses, John. <laughs> and so I had to learn that. And that is not an easy song to sing. Anyway. He hadn't invited me back to sing anything else. I'm not sure what that's all about. So I read this, and I thought this was fitting for today. It says, Today I sat in the car line. Instead of letting him ride the bus home, I was so angry, ready to explode after hearing about his behavior at school. I sat in the car line with tears running down my face. And as soon as he got in the car, I was just going to scream at him. Maybe that would make him listen. I was going to punish him for the whole night and take away everything that he knows and he loves. I was ticked. And as I waited, I just talked to God and asked him to please give me patience and guidance and strength and grace and mercy. I begged him. Parenting is so hard. So very hard. And I know it's only going to get harder. You hurt when they choose anything against you, anything against what you teach. You hurt when you have to punish them. It's such a struggle every single day. You just pray that you are raising them in a way that would be pleasing to God. But you can only do your best. As I pulled up to get him, I heard God whisper to me, Mercy. Give him grace. Love him. Talk to him. So I did. It was like God's hand touched me and calmed me. I didn't say much and neither did he. He had fear in his eyes. He knew. I, was, I quietly drove us to our favorite little ice cream parlor and walked him inside. He looked at me twice because he was confused. I let him order whatever he wanted. Then we sat down outside and just talked. I talked with him about his feelings, his friends, his choices, his heart. He kept apologizing to me and tears started streaming down both our faces. I then explained to him what mercy was. And I explained grace. I dumbed it down a little for him and he got it. I explained to him that God is merciful and gives us grace daily. That I fail God every day, and rather than God unleashing God's wrath on me, God forgives me and loves me unconditionally. God gives me chance after chance after chance. God shows me grace. God is a God of mercy, and none of us really get what we deserve. We get the grace of God. That talk actually gave me new perspective, too. That, along with discipline, which I feel is very important, comes grace 
and gentle guidance and mercy. So today I loved him. We'll try again tomorrow. I will never give up on him as God has never given up on me. Today we are both grateful for grace. If you join me in your Bible, Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. And when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So the beatitude for today is Matthew 5, 7, blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. You know, we, we don't have to go very far to receive a lack of mercy, do we? Sometimes we don't even have to leave our house to encounter a lack of mercy. Home and family is often the most difficult place to get mercy. Today's world is a lot like is is a lot like the world that Jesus lived in. In the Roman world in which Jesus spoke these words, mercy was something to be ashamed of. It was weakness. In Romans, Paul spoke of a society filled with people who lack mercy. Today we live in a society where meekness is called weakness and kindness is called foolishness and mercy is not practiced. It is into such a world that Jesus speaks, Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. And then again, in another absurd statement, Jesus promises that the person who lives and walks in mercy will be blessed. Not financially blessed with peace or a restful retirement. Blessed as in hearing the applause of heaven and being approved by God. That's the blessed he's talking about. The New Testament is insistent that, be, to be, that to be forgiven, we must be forgiven, right? forgiving, right? Let me read that again because I messed that all up. The New Testament insists that to be forgiven, we must be forgiving. James 2 reads, For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. And Jesus finishes the story of the unforgiving debtor with this warning. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The Lord's Prayer also reads, Forgive us our trespasses as, as what? As we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive us as we forgive. You know what that means, right? The New Testament also teaches that only the merciful shall receive mercy. But there's, there's so much more to the beatitude than that. The Hebrew word for mercy isn't translatable, 
but it means not only to sympathize with a person but, or simply feel sorry for a person, but means to have the ability to, ability to get right inside the person's skin, to live as that person until we can see things with their eyes and think things with their mind and feel things with their feeling. It is to completely identify with the other person. Most of us are so busy with our own feelings that we aren't much concerned with the feelings of anyone else. If we make a deliberate effort, that's going to make the greatest difference for us and for the world. It would save us from being insensitive. I'm going to give you a new spin on an old story, the story of Mary and Martha. Everybody knows that story, right? Martha loved Jesus and wanted to provide the best meal, and she stayed busy making the meal and cleaning the house and meeting all the needs of Jesus. But Jesus really just wanted to be quiet. You know, the road to the cross at that point was getting ever closer. And Jesus knew that his time was short and he wanted to rest. Mary understood, so she sat right there at his feet, hearing what Jesus had to say, taking in the rest with him. Mary was merciful, reading the thoughts of Jesus. And Martha was insensitive and unmerciful. There's always a reason why a person thinks and acts as they do. And if we somehow knew the reason, we might have an understanding, be able to sympathize with them, to forgive if possible. A French proverb says, to know all is to forgive all. It would be easier to forgive if we knew someone's intentions, right? They hurt me a little bit, but their intentions didn't mean to. It was supposed to be something else. It might be easier to get past it. But we get stuck on the fact that our feelings were hurt. Hard to get past that. It is for me, but I'm selfish that way. That's what happened to Jesus. God literally got into the skin of men. Think about that. The Word became flesh and lived among us. God got into the skin of man. He became as man. He came to see things with man's eyes, to feel things with man's feelings, and to think things with man's mind. God knows what life is like because God came right inside life. The greatest example of mercy that we have is the coming of God in Jesus Christ. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talked about the fruit of those who allow the Holy Spirit to work in their lives. One of the signs of this fruit is that He is showing mercy in a way that brings glory to God. Jesus said, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Nowhere do we imitate God more than showing the same mercy as He has shown us. Each day in our life, each hour, each moment, we enjoy God's mercy. In Lamentations, the Bible says, The Lord's compassions never fail. They are new every morning. One other translation says God's mercies are new every day. If we show mercy to the poor, the broken, the sinful, it shows that we are being changed into the image of Christ and that we have that spirit living within us in our own skin. Christians who seek God will be given an abundance of opportunities to show mercy in a world that's full of brokenness. 
We help others by feeding the hungry and clothing the needy, visiting the prisoner and taking care of the widows and the orphans. That's M25, like Meredith's doing with the kids. Do we see a theme here? Every week we see our responsibility to the same folks. The Scripture hasn't changed. Nothing has changed about it. We're still, we still have the same mission and ministry. Maybe we were reminded each week because we need that reminder, because we failed to do it. We should be spending time in prayer, seeking God to show us practical ways to God's mercy. The ignorant must be taught, the careless warned, and those imprisoned in sin shown a way to be set free. And we do that with the good news of the Bible. I read a thing this morning that says, if the good news is not for everyone, it's not good news. We can't exclude anyone from the good news of the Bible. Everyone is entitled to hear the good news. <clears throat> we should be helping others to realize the possibility of an abundant life, abundant life only found in a personal relationship with Jesus. We are called to be in relationship. There is nothing which is beyond the mercy of God, and that's the good news. Nothing. There is more grace in God than there is sin in us. Friends, we're, we're all aware of the mistakes that we make. We could have and should have made better choices, though we may not consider ourselves great sinners. We don't necessarily think of ourselves as worthy of much either, do we? But God sees us as we truly are. He loves us in spite of our shortcomings and urges us to a new life and new growth. And when we experience how much God loves us, we forget our guilt and go out and spread the good news just as we're told to. Because we were forgiven, remember? So we can move forward and share the gospel. Beautiful are the feet of those who carry the good news, right? Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Scripture tells us that a Christian who is bankrupt in spirit, who is broken in grief, who is submissive to God's word, and who has a hunger for righteousness, they are wholly ready and able to live out the life that they've been called to. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, and blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. In the name of the Father, and Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.